You are listening to the Guru's self-improvement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Andy, Andy, why? Why? It's it's this is it's getting ridiculous. I don't I need to like write it down. It's like every blasted time, man. Okay, especially in a time crunch. What what the hell? Okay, all right. <laughs> Here we go. You're listening to Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast. Hosted by Andy and Brian. The quote of the day is, the only way to handle distraction is by learning to handle discomfort. Near y'all, indistractable. I like that quote quite a bit because, um, again, it's very uh, Buddhist again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then everything, uh, everything like Western world stuff. I think we say this every podcast, but my goodness, we're we're so Western. It's like, yeah, this is this is a new science. Hashtag been around for thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> excuse us over here on the east. You know, excuse us. We're uh, we're not <laughs> right. I think what's interesting to me is the fact that. Um, at least it is something that is being brought that is being brought out and used. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, again, it's just a a westernized um, explanation of it to help people understand it a little bit better. I think, you know, sitting um, sitting down and being mindful and 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 letting the world stand still is not something our society is very good at. Um, it's not something that we, we think of as, as a good thing to, to sit, to be idle, uh, is what it's looked at, right? Um, to be with your discomfort, to feel the pain, whatever it is that you want to say, right? Um, we are always trying to stop from feeling discomfort, always. In our society, we're running, running, running. And um, man, uh, being busy is not being productive. Not always, right? Like sitting and listening to your body, um, noticing what emotions you have, even if that emotion is emotional pain, or maybe you're having physical pain, whatever it is, like that is being productive. Um, As he's talking about here in this book, right? Like, Again, the only way to handle distractions is by learning to handle discomfort. But we are always running from one distraction to the next because we don't want to handle the discomfort. We think we're handling it by distraction, like doing something to suppress it, to ignore it. That's not handling it. That's ignoring it. Going to come back to bite you later on. Right. And this is the one thing that I I go with. Um, Most of us humans try to avoid pain and try to maximize our happiness. Um, The thing that I've realized here is that our sense of doing that creates bad coping skills. And that's what we actually fall to. So this is when he talks about distraction is, is that you're easily distractible because you don't want to sit in what is going on with you right now. 
-hmm. So yes, this thing happened and accepting it is what you need to do. But we usually try to avoid pain. So we try to, you know, go around it where therapeutic methodologies um, help see the pain and then deal with it in a better way that is more um, I don't know, thera therapeutic would be the word, but in a way that helps you in the long run. I would say that's more productive, that's healthier, that's, that's more um, in line with what you actually want in, in, in your life. In need, yeah. right. Like what right. You, right. So like what you said, like in the long run, what is best for you in the moment? Right. Not what's best for you in the moment, uh, for the moment. <laughs> right. Well, right. And that's why he brings this stuff up is because we're in order to get to how do you get undistracted? You have to understand what the problem is. And mm -hmm. then then you can go, OK, that is the reason why I'm using distraction as a mechanism for coping with things. Because we think if I keep myself distracted enough, and especially in nowadays where he's, we're talking about screens and computers and technology and, but, you know, back in the day, I remember, you know, it used to be phones and, you know, and uh, toys and things like that. Things to just mm -hmm. keep you from thinking about the things that, you know, that you sh should be thinking about you know, and accepting, <laughs> you know, yes, yes, this is painful. It, it isn't. Yeah, it is. It isn't fun. And, but however, the way that you see and accept pain makes a huge difference. If you see it as a part of life and not to be um, pushed away. And that's where he's at. He's like, accept the pain. This is sit with it. You know, we talked about mm -hmm. Thich Nhat Hanh doing in that same space, like sit with your, make friends with your enemy, the pain that you're dealing with. And when you make friends with it, you understand it, you want, you understand what's going on with you. And then you can be able to be in this space that's ready to be um, mindful and in the moment. Right. And, and, um, <clears throat> near y'all goes into this, uh, section in the book um you know where he's talking about like why time management is all about pain management and you know we're talking about um being productive and sitting with the discomfort sitting in the pain sitting in the in the muck the guck the gross stuff of life or not even the gross stuff just the you know the kind of just the stuff that's there you know the stuff that we don't necessarily well you like bring up a show, that's not necessarily well, bad you bring Right. You bring up a good point because the gross stuff is how we look at it. And, and it's something that we easily do as humans out of habit. We say, this is the gross stuff. This is the stuff I don't want to deal with. But if we take a look at it and go, this isn't the gross stuff. This is just the life stuff. This is the stuff mm -hmm. that happens in life that is uncomfortable at times, but it is part of the life that we lead. And if we see it like that, instead of, the stuff that we don't want to deal with. This yeah. is just the stuff. This is just the stuff that life is. Then you're able to accept it. Well, and can you even um, reframe it a little bit more? So reframing is an, uh, a very, very useful tool. Um, and I talk about this a lot with my clients 
you know, is how do you look at a situation in a different light? How do you, how do you make it, um, productive instead of, um, you know, contrary to what you're working? Like, how do you make it work for you rather than against you? And we're not talking about suppressing things or, or pretending things are fine. Reframing is really like you look at a situation, um, and, and you, you, you make it problem solving with hyper focus. That is reframing, right? So if you look at this, you know, um, we're in the life stuff, you know, this stuff isn't actually painful. It's not actually gross, but it's life stuff. We could reframe that further and say, no, this is, these are the building blocks of life. This is what takes me to the next level. It's not boring. It's not just um, things I have to do. It's actually things I want to do to take me to where I want to go. Can you reframe the things that you're doing in your life that aren't that uh, exciting into that? Can you remind yourself that this, even though this isn't the the most enjoyable step it's one of the most important steps i can take so um listeners reframe you can look that up talk to a therapist about it a little bit more but that is an essential tool in the tool belt to uh manage the discomfort that we experience in life um, and again it's not we're not pretending that things are fine we're, we're acknowledging that we're feeling the pain and we're choosing to uh, allow that and then look at it in a different light. Otherwise, you're suppressing and, and ignoring and distracting, pretending things are fine. If you don't want to do that, that doesn't work. Right. That's the, that's the, that's the opposite of what you want to do. Yes. Yes. So when you're sitting down and you're doing paperwork, you're like, oh, this is so boring. Oh, I don't want to do this. And, and this is for me, too, because I have a lot of paperwork as a therapist. I have notes every single day. And I'm like, oh, man, if I can look and be like, no, okay, my notes are super important because they help me remember what it is that I work on with my clients. And if I can remember what I work on with my clients, I can show up and be more present for them. And I can also game plan and figure out other steps that I can take as their therapist, as their support person, and help them. So there's a reframe instead of, oh, I have to do my notes because it's a legal thing that's required. No, it's to help people. That's for me. That's how I would reframe that particular thing that I'm like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> right. Well, this is the cool thing about it is, and this is where, and we'll get back to the book here for a second, is that when you deal with these things, these, these are the things that distract us is us trying to, you know, surf around problems and trying to minimize problems. And those things are like a, like what you said, a building block mm -hmm. that if you can reframe it and, and change the habit of mind and change the mindset that goes with it, then you can free yourself and free your time. Um, my dad always told me this story and it comes from, it comes from a book and I don't even know what the book was named, but there was a person that would go to a, they would, they would have fights and 
the wife would the the man would go into the bathroom and lock himself in and he would bang on the door and they would fight or they would she would bang on the door and get out come on well the therapist said hey what happened if you just walked away when he did that how much time would you get back well i get a lot of time back well, then why don't you do that? Why don't you go shopping instead when he acts like that? And then eventually he didn't go in the closet anymore, but because he realized that it was ineffective. But when you free yourself of the things that you have habitually done to, I don't like what you said, so I'm going to go do this. Then all suddenly you have time. And, and when you have time, and that's where time management when you have the time and you're not distracted by surfing around problems and not, you know, and ineffectively dealing with issues, then you have that time to spend on the things that are important. And that's what he gets kind of into in the next place, which when is when he starts talking about the fact that scheduling appointments with family or relationships and checking in with, you know, work, making, looking at, your workmates as stakeholders in your in what you're doing in your productivity. So mm -hmm. checking in and saying, hey, how is that? How am I doing here? So that you can make sure that you're effectively using your time and that, you know, you're kind of keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. Well, and you know, having that kind of structure and and, and planning out your time. Um, it, it's not wasted time if it's planned. You know, that's what he, uh, what the author near Eyal mentioned in um, the beginning part of the book, right? Um, and if you don't have anything planned, then you're actually, you're not getting distracted from anything because there was nothing on the agenda. There was nothing for you to do. So it's just, I mean, are you wasting time? Yeah. But are you distracted? No. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter what you do. But yeah, so... Um, those are very effective strategies. And actually that's something that, uh, we do for like, uh, ADD and ADHD type stuff, you know, is how do you, how do you manage your time? How do you schedule things? Um, and in our, in our world, uh, you know, people are like, oh, ADD, you know, they're, they're not paying attention to this. It's like, well, how, how many of us, um, without that diagnosis are, just as distracted, just in different ways, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, there, uh, typically ADD is, is focused on things that they enjoy. They get distracted by something that's interesting. Whereas, uh, I mean, and that's what we're doing anyways. Um, but a lot of the time it's not because they are in an uncomfortable situation. It's because they're just, you know, kind of happy. <laughs> they're like, oh, like, you know, and they, and they go off on these things. Other people without that, and we get distracted in similar ways, but it's because of dissatisfaction. Um, so, yes, scheduling things, being uh, prepared for what you're doing in the day or in the week. You know, that's actually something from uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, too. Um, uh, that... He, you begin planning your day um, actually by planning your week. And you choose the things that are most important. You prioritize um, events 
instead of uh, hours. Right. There's nothing time wrong box. with scheduling your life in time boxing. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with scheduling your life because then you're making sure you hit the important things. It doesn't mean that, I mean, you don't have to schedule bathroom breaks, but you should be able to say, Hey, at I, I do this every night about around nine o'clock every night. I say, Hey, uh, to my wife, Christy, um, I'm going to schedule, we're going to watch TV and we watch a show, a show, but we just sit together and watch a show and talk. And some of it's, you know, watching a show, but a lot of it's about spending time with somebody and being able to enjoy each other's company for an hour and then being able to, but I schedule that time every day. So it's about scheduling and this, you know, those are the important things that you want to see done. And if you can just do that with every little segment of your life, you know, there's going to things that show up and come up, you know, unscheduled things, but being able to effectively manage your time is really important. He also brings up scheduling inputs, like what are the inputs into your life? Um, and, and minimizing those so you don't have all these things coming at you, you know, saying, hey, um, I don't need to look at my phone until such and such a time. And mm -hmm. scheduling time for just even if you want to go surf on your phone for a while, scheduling a time to say, hey, uh, this isn't my time to do that. So I'm not going to do it. I can go do it. And that's what I've been doing with social media. I get up. Um, I make sure I get things done. I schedule about half an hour time to go do social media stuff in the morning because I have, you know, I, I, I do podcast. I do uh, another interview show for music and being able to catch up on that. And then I put it down and then start get, getting ready for the work. I like that. So you're telling me that I can I can schedule in my Pinterest scrolling. That's exactly it. You just say, hey, between 8 and 8.30, I'm going to go do Pinterest. And then you go do Pinterest. And then you're and then you just you're on Pinterest. You don't do anything else. You're doing Pinterest. You're not, hey, I'm going to go watch some TV while I'm doing Pinterest. Because that's where it starts over. Your inputs start overlapping. And then you're caught in that trap again of doing too much at the same time, but not being able to focus in on one of them. Well, that's something I, I really like that because this is something um, that he kind of talks about in chapter six, which is where he talks about the internal triggers and, and how to reframe or reimagine them and, and change them, you know? Right. So he, so we've got these internal triggers that, uh, you know, again, it's like, are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Um, uh, whatever it is, you know, these internal things um, that are happening um first off you have to have the awareness to recognize that it's an internal trigger so you know stopping using that mindfulness stuff that we've talked about like noticing sensations in the body what what is it that you're actually feeling can you place uh a name to the sensation in the body right what is the emotion what is the feeling happening um so first we do that because the sensations in the body will tell you what the internal trigger is. 
stop and listen to that. But then, you know, uh, um, talking about scheduling things, it's like, okay, I can look at Pinterest and it's fine to look at Pinterest, just not right now. And we can use that to handle those intrusive thoughts. You're working on something and it's like, oh, this is not my ideal um, thing. I have to, again, for me, it's like, oh, I have to do notes. Well, I'm going to look at Pinterest instead because that's more fun, (laughs) you know, but not as important as the notes. So I can say, oh man, it's fine. I can look at Pinterest, just not right now. And if I've scheduled that into my, my calendar, right, in the day, like I could even have that in my work calendar, be like notes, 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 10 minute block, Pinterest. I really like Pinterest. It's fun. In case you can't tell. No, we are not being uh, paid to advertise Pinterest. <laughs> it's, it's my it's my thing. I, I love it. I'm more of a visual person. So having like cool things about drums or like, you know, I, I think I mentioned that uh, Toyota Tacoma is being like one of my favorite vehicles. And so like having like Pinterest page of all that, like that's fun. So anyways, that's my distraction. Pinterest conversation over. <laughs> but is it a distraction if you schedule time for it? Because then it could just no. be a hobby. I just like to look at Pinterest articles and read up on my Toyota Tacoma and see what kind of things I can do to it to modify it to go or thoughts about camping with it, you know, or whatever Dreams, off-roading. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just daydream. Plan it. You can daydream. Just make sure you have time um, set aside for it. And and that can actually be so helpful because you can say, oh, wait, I, I have time. I have made sure I can do this. Yeah, well, so it doesn't leave you feeling guilty. For, right. And it's like, I can put this discomfort, you know, if, if I'm feeling bored. Um, and that's my internal triggers that I've been sitting for a while. Um, or whatever it is, you know, and I, and I feel in my body like this, like my, my legs shaking or whatever, you know, whatever the the sensation is, like I'm getting antsy. I can notice that, that, oh, okay. So this is, this is my cue. You know, really a trigger is just a cue. If you can notice it, like you're in a play and someone says a line and you're like, oh, that's when I say this. Oh, my body is doing this. That's when I say it's fine to look at this just not right now right triggers or cues that's all they're not yeah, and, bad they're not right, bad the, right and the reason why i do this and i say it the way because if you start looking at oh my surfing social media is a problem well it's a problem because you're doing it inappropriate times and you're being distracted by it and while you're doing other things that are important but if you schedule times, it becomes a hobby. It becomes something you do and you schedule and is fun for you. And so it's no longer a distraction. It's something that you are controlling the, you know, this is what I do. I'm, I schedule this time. This is the time I do this. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I go about my day and I'm done and I don't have to feel like I have to constantly go back to it because I've done it. And you can, you can put it in different blocks you know, if you really struggle with staying on task, then then you say every 10 minutes, I can look at Pinterest for two minutes. And you set a timer. 
you know, and, and, um, everyone, everyone is different. Some people can really go for extended periods of time nonstop and, and not be distracted. Um, I'm the type of person where I need half hour bursts of energy. I'll, I'll do excellent, excellent work in a half hour. Or if you tell me to do the same amount of work, um, and tell me uh, that I have to do it straight. Uh, what would normally take me uh, an hour will take me five, because I have to just sit there and I'll get just and, and it's very difficult for me to focus. So it's a time hack for me to just do thirty minutes at a time and then take a break. Um, and then again, that's a scheduled thing though. I know that I'll get a break, so it's easier for me to stay focused. You know, so when you know that you can have a break, it's easier to stay focused. Absolutely. So schedule those in. Make sure you know when it is. It's kind of like, um, you know, if you if if you have a trip planned a few months out, it's much easier to put aside money for it than it would be to say like, yeah, I'm going on a trip sometime but you have no idea. So then you're going to spend your money on other stuff instead of saving money for a trip. So you always have something to look forward to, whether it be a half hour away or a few months away. It's another little hack for handling discomfort. Good points. Good points. Well, I'm going to tell you this, that, um, I really like the reimagine. And so that the last part of, I, I like the reimagine piece. Um, and the reimagine piece ends with some visualizations of seeing things in a different way. And in my meditation practice and what I used to teach my students, there was a breathing meditation where that's what the things you had this, you used your imagination and visualizations to um, help see things more clearly. And we would use in ours a um, imagining a sky and seeing that our thoughts were like the clouds and we could just watch them visually go by and mm -hmm. see them, you know, oh, there's a thought. It goes and then I see it. I, it goes across and then it, and then it stops and seeing the next thought pop in. And just seeing them as clouds floating in the sky and not attaching to them, but just seeing them as they float by and seeing how, how they just are like clouds. They just flow by and then the thought drops. And then you're not, because you're not attaching to them, there's no like uh, anxiety that gets created because you, this thought showed up. It's just seeing them. And he has that same kind of visualization where he's imagining things in a a stream flowing by, you know, um, and seeing those, mm. these things pass by and realizing that they're not permanent. And the other, it's, it's a really good job for, um, seeing permanency that these thoughts are not permanent. They're just impermanent things that fly by. And when you see thoughts them, are just thoughts, right. And when you see them just clearly, when you see them float by, then you don't, you can see them for what they are and see that they're temporary items of things that, um, you know, some of them we may need. So maybe we do focus on that thought for right now, but we can pick and choose our thoughts and not get held up by them. 
And, you know, um, when I, I actually, uh, when I first came across this thoughts on a leaf, you know, and then let them flow downstream, um, I struggled with that really bad. And I thought this, this doesn't work, you know, and I was a little bit younger and I wasn't yet a therapist. I was, I was a bachelor level, um, in, you know, student learning about things. And, uh, I was like, this is dumb, but you know what that, what it comes down to if, so listeners, I'm calling you out. If you're like, no, this doesn't work. You know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you, you are impatient and struggling exactly with, uh, sitting with discomfort. If you cannot do these mindfulness activities, it is simply because you are so distracted or so uncomfortable with sitting with it that you need to practice that more. You need to be able to feel, you need to practice some patience and just be with yourself because these, these types of visualizations and meditations and mindfulness activities do work. Um, so I would say, go back. You're, you're skipping some steps. If you're struggling with this, can you write down the thought? Can you notice what the words are in your thought? You're not going to be able to place a thought on a leaf if you have no idea what the thought is. <laughs> so, so figure that out. Write it down. Again, awareness. Where is it in your body? What are the sensations associated with this thought? You know, what's the emotion that this thought is creating? Uh, this is classic cognitive behavioral therapy stuff too. You know, it's recognizing the thought. The thought causes the emotion. The emotion is what drives our behavior. Cognitive therapy. Um, so yeah, so, uh, again, building blocks, go back and, and, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff is laid out in chapter, uh, it is chapter six where it kind of gives the steps on how to handle intrusive thoughts. And, you know, it actually says, um, you write stuff down and, 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 you know, all that, um, reimagining the task is, uh, challenging. If you don't have the other steps down. Right. Very true. Well, I think it's time to go, my friend. It's been a shorter yeah. episode for us, but I think that, uh, that was a lot of good conversation though. I think so. So in, in review listeners, we talked about reframing, um, which is again, just kind of acknowledging the discomfort and what's happening with it. And then um, choosing to turn it into something useful for you. It's not um, boring to do notes. It's actually beneficial to do notes because of fill in the blank, um, you know, or whatever the situation is. Um, we've talked about um, sitting with discomfort, recognizing where those sensations are in the body. Um, we've talked about the uh the idea that um you can put your thoughts on on a cloud and watch them go by or you can put them on a leaf and watch them go by um and we've talked about uh scheduling downtime so that you have something to look forward to if you notice uh that you're wanting to do something else that you are going to be distracted or that you are already distracted and it's like, oh, instead of getting mad at yourself for it, it's okay 
I'll just do this at the scheduled time. So those are, those are, I mean, that's four things for you to improve your lives, right? And that's some ideas from the book. We've shared some of our own thoughts and ideas from our own life situation. And so uh, hopefully you find this very helpful. And again, start at the basics and build upon them. Something's too difficult, go back to the beginning. Great points. Great points. So Andy, um, I've had a pleasure doing this podcast with you. What's our what's our sign off again? I think it's you are your own guru. So yep. And then you always contact us on the social meds. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> guru, okay, guru. hold off. We're not done yet. We'll say that at the end. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. catch, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh social media we have uh our gurus podcast on instagram twitter and on we have a facebook page fan page mm-hmm. and then additionally we have our email that you guys are always allowed to uh, i think it's gurus podcast one at gmail.com and that's i think that's about it social media wise yeah and, you know we're not always um updating things in a, in a timely manner um we're, we're both um, uh, got family and, and careers and things that we're focusing on. Uh, but even though you see things haven't been updated on those too frequently, please still interact with us on those. And we'll respond as quickly as we can. And with that, Andy, what is it? Be your own guru. <laughs>